Reduce, reuse, recycle. We've heard that mantra for years, but how many of us take it seriously? According to the EPA, of the 267.8 million tons of municipal solid waste generated by Americans in 2017, only 94.2 million tons were recycled or composted. That means that over half ends up in a landfill. In today's episode of Conversations Around Good, we will hear from Courtney Hurst. She is a co-owner of Fertile Ground Co-op in Oklahoma City, a local small business who is also making it possible for everyday workers to become co-owners. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited that you're about to listen in on another episode of the Made Possible by podcast. I wanted to take a quick second to let you know exactly what we do. Made Possible by makes giving easy for community-minded businesses and provide a more effective way to share their stories of good. Now let's jump into the podcast. Welcome to the Made Possible by podcast where we have conversations around good with community-minded individuals. We hope that today's episode inspires you to go out and do good. Hello, and thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. I am Tracy with Made Possible By, and we make giving easy for community-minded businesses. And we also provide a better way to share their stories of good. And part of doing that is our podcast. And I'm excited today to introduce you to a really cool concept um, and a real cool person who helps run this thing. So I have Courtney Hurst from Fertile Ground here in Oklahoma City. And Courtney is a co-worker owner of Fertile Ground Cooperative. And she's gonna explain more about what that means. And she oversees the day-to-day operations of the cooperative and she coordinates zero waste events and serves in customer support. So if you call Fertile Ground, you're probably gonna talk to Courtney. And uh, Courtney was originally a Texan. She lived in New Mexico for a while, but she's pretty much been an Oklahoman most of her life. So Courtney, give us a 90 second snapshot of you. What do you enjoy doing personally and um, just anything that you'd like to share about yourself? Sure, yeah. Um, So, my name's Courtney and I, in my free time, I really love anything to do um, with nature. So um, nature is kind of my Zen zone. So uh, especially throughout COVID, it's one of the few things that I can do and feel safe doing and still be out of the house. Um, so some of my favorite things to do are um, going camping or going hiking, um, even just going for a walk. Um, I love bike rides and working in my garden um although garden season is coming to a close so i'll have something else to do outdoors but um but yeah really just anything to do with the outdoors um i have grown up in oklahoma city um grew up out by draper lake which is where my parents live um so i grew up out on five acres out there so i think that um might have something to do with my love and connection to nature it's kind of how i grew up and was raised. Um, I have two cats and one dog. I love my furry babies. Um, I have no kids, but um, my furry babies are enough for me. There you go. They can't, they're the kids that you can kennel and not uh, get put in jail, right? 
yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> if they're annoying me, I can just talk them out of the room and not be uh, exactly. worried about getting neglect yes. charges on me. Yes, nobody's going to call DHS <laughs> when you pick your kids up. Exactly. Um, I totally get you in outdoors uh, being important to you. Uh, being outside feeds my soul. One of my favorite things to do is I have a paddleboard. And I love to go out there by myself and just spend the day. I'll just paddle around and then find a little cove and read a book or take a nap or whatever. But I love, I'm a Colorado girl. So hiking and just anything outside is fun. So it's, although, like you said, garden season is getting to a close. I don't know when listeners you're listening to this, but it is December, 2020. We are mid COVID and I am in my pajamas still doing this podcast. So but that's completely acceptable these days, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be hard for us to go back to having to get dressed and made up every day whenever all this is over. Yes, I think some things (laughs) will be forever changed. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about Fertile Ground. What is Fertile Ground and how did it get started? Um, So Fertile Ground is a worker-owned cooperative, (laughs) meaning that Everyone who owns the business has opportunity to be a part owner. Um, It got started, um, one of the founding members was Terry Craghead. He started volunteering with Commonwealth Urban Farms. Um, They're in the Paseo uh, and they have a program called Closer to Earth, um, which is a youth program that does composting. And they started Um, by collecting the produce from Whole Foods, uh, the leftover produce, and they were composting that. So he was helping with that and realizing how much food waste comes out of just one grocery store in one city and started feeling like there has to be more that can be done to reduce the amount of food waste that is just being thrown into our landfills. And also do it in a way that empowers communities and creates community wealth. So um, it started with just a bike route, which we still have um, a bike route Um, in some areas. um, We've kind of had to pause the bike routes due to COVID complications, um, but that is something that we want to continue next year. Um, So the bike route is someone who would come around on their bike with the trailer on the back and pick up people's food scraps from their homes. Um, and that's still a service we offer now, but we do it in a truck now. Because um, as they started to do it, there started to be more demand for it. Um, they started doing commercial also. Um, and as soon as they started doing commercial food waste, then there was always requests for doing recycling as well. Um, so yeah, we now do composting and recycling. Um, and that's kind of how Fertile Ground was born. It's such a cool concept. It's so unique. When um, Brent Allen from River Sports OKC told me about you guys, I just thought that's brilliant. And the fact that you started or the company started on a bike. I love that. I absolutely love that. We have a, uh, I live in Guthrie uh, and we have a handyman who started his company on a bike with borrowed tools. And now he has a crew of 20 some people with four trucks, you know, but I love when things start simple and it's just meeting a need that the community has. So clearly you're meeting a need that the community has in doing that. So I just, I love that concept. So when did you join Fertile Ground? 
So I joined Fertile Ground probably about three years ago. Um, at the time, I was an organic hairstylist at Starlight Salon. Okay. And um, I have, I guess, in my organic hairstyling tended to be more earth-minded and um, health-minded in that business. And because of that, I wanted to start recycling at the salon. Um, salons have a lot of foils from highlights. They have a lot of shampoo bottles, things like that. So I wanted to start reducing our waste at the salon and wanted to use a local company to do it. Um, so in my Google searching, I found Fertile Ground and ended up meeting with Terry and um, he was able to provide a great recycling service for a small business. And in my conversation with him, he also asked if we would like to start composting the hair. And that was something that was surprising to me. I didn't realize that you could do that, but um, it intrigued me. And so we started composting the hair. Um, and once I started learning more about Fertile Ground and what they did, um, I just really wanted to support them and encourage other people to start reducing their waste too. Um, so I started talking to other people in our little neighborhood where the business was um, and ended up getting a few people to sign up. And um, after a little while, Terry came to me and let me know that they had a sales position opening up. And since I was kind of already doing the job, um, he felt like <laughs> it would be a good fit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started doing it part-time for a long time with hairstyling. It was really easy to just kind of work around my schedule. Um, so I just did it part-time for a while and did sales with them. And um, through my work with them, I really loved um, the community that I was working in and it gave me a real sense of purpose and I just loved it. So I ended up becoming a full-time worker probably about a year and a half or two years ago. Okay. Well, I want to circle back to two things that you said. What is organic hairstyling? Sure. Yeah. Um, so organic hairstyling is just like a regular hairstylist, but you just use organic hair color and hair care products. Um, I, the company that I use um, is based out of, um, I'm trying to remember the state now, they moved around, but it was one of the um, states on the East Coast and they import things from different countries. So a lot of countries have different health standards than we do here in the United States. So a lot of things that are in our skin products and hair products are actually illegal in other countries, which yes. is disturbing. Isn't that crazy? Um, I know. Yeah. So um, I started using um, organic products and um, it, I feel like it really helped my business as a hairstylist too, because I started getting all kinds of calls from people who had allergies or had health problems and they couldn't use the products that we typically use yeah. in the United States. So um, it felt good to be able to provide a natural alternative for people. Nice. What's the name of that company? Do you remember? Yeah, um, it's called Original and Mineral. And they're from Australia, I believe. Okay, nice. Interesting. Okay, and then you talked about composting hair. I've heard of people using hair to put in mole holes in your yard because the moles apparently don't like it and they'll not, they'll go away. But what is it? I mean, does it just break down just like normal food products? Right. Yeah. Cause it's just, um, it's, uh, dead skin cells basically. So it's an organic matter. Um, really anything that's organic. Um, and a lot of times, um, 
I'll explain to people an easy way to know what is compostable is if it was once living, then it is compostable. Okay. So if you think of like a paper napkin, that was once a tree, so that's compostable. Okay. Um, and if it grew on something living, such as hair, it's mm -hmm. compostable. Interesting. Okay. I'd never thought of that before. So interesting. Okay, so tell us about, you mentioned the business model and how it supports the local economy and empowers workers. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're Fertile Ground is a worker-owned cooperative, which means that everyone who works with us has an opportunity to become an owner. Um, and that process is whenever they decide to start their candidacy, if they're interested in being a worker owner, um, they send us a resume and a letter of intent, and that starts their candidacy. The candidacy is usually about a 12-month process um, where we get to work with the, um, with the person who's um, seeking worker ownership. They will still get paid throughout that time, um, and then at the end of that period, the board will vote and we will check in with that person, make sure that it's still a good fit. We just wanna make sure that it's a good fit for that person and it's gonna be a good fit for us. Um, so at the end of that period, we vote um, if both parties decide that that person should be a worker owner, um, they are then going to share our profits. Um, we usually pay in, or we always pay in a $2,000 share if you become a worker owner. And that $2,000 share can be paid off over a four year period, um, which makes it pretty accessible for most people. Um, they then get to share in our profits. So we split up our profits at the end of each year based on how many hours worked. So the more hours you work, the more of the profits that you get. Um, so this helps uh, support our, our economy because our country is facing unprecedented levels of wealth inequality Mm -hmm. About 40% of our wealth is owned by the top 1% of income earners. And this is a, a real problem. Um, this is wealth inequality is bad for families, for our social cohesion, and for our, our economy. Um, so by bringing our workers in to share our profits, we hope to help reduce that disparity. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I love that model because it opens the door to people who wouldn't normally ever be able to be an owner, right? I mean, you could have somebody who's, you know, just working a blue collar job and never thought of being able to have that type of opportunity, but they would clearly be able to do it there. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, through being able to share our risk and by pooling resources, um, cooperatives really make business ownership possible for people who may not have access to capital or other means of being able to start a business on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So like how many hours a week would someone need to do? Um, how many hours a week um, does like the typical worker work? Yes, or you... yes. Uh -huh. um, so it, it's really all across the board. Um, we have a couple of people who are full time. Um, we have a couple of people who just come in and work one day a week. Um, so there's really no time requirement um, put in. Um, but yeah, like I said, the amount of profit you get is based on how many hours you work. So the more okay. you work, the more profit you get. Okay, that's, that's really a cool concept. I like that. 
So what are the environmental benefits of composting food waste? How does that help us? Yeah, so um, a lot of people don't realize, and I didn't realize before um, my work with Fertile Ground, um, but our food waste um, and really any organic matter that gets thrown into the landfill, um, the way it decomposes is anaerobically, which means without oxygen. Mm -hmm. And because of that process in a landfill, it releases methane into the air, um, which is bad for our environment. Um, methane is something like 84 times um, as potent as CO2. Um, mm. So it's very strong greenhouse gas and something that's very detrimental to our environment. Um, so by composting it instead, um, that re highly reduces the amount of methane that's released. Um, and then the compost can then be used for growing nutritious food, um, for helping with water absorption, um, for all kinds of things. Um, compost has a nickname of black gold because it can mm -hmm. be very valuable and can be used for so many different things. Mm -hmm. Gosh, so I'm sure that we have people listening who have never even thought or considered composting. Um, tell us what, like, like if somebody's at home, what does that look like? How do they start doing that? Yeah, so um, composting at home would mean basically anything that is left over after you've um, after you have cooked a meal, or if something goes bad in your refrigerator, um, anything. And with our service, we use a commercial composting facility, um, so we can actually take meat and dairy as well. Um, in your backyard um, pile, you wouldn't normally um, be able to compost meat and dairy. Um, but because it's in a commercial compost pile, those piles get so hot that they can handle breaking down those kinds of food waste. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then we can also compost um, things like pizza boxes. So um, really you can't recycle any cardboard that has oil or grease on it. So that means the bottom of your pizza boxes will not be recyclable, but they would be compostable. So if you shred them up and throw them in your compost, you can compost those. Um, same with really any paper products because it used to be a tree, right? So um, paper products actually compost really well. Um, so paper napkins, paper towels, anything like that. Um, so really uh, anything um, that is organic matter um, from your house can be composted. Any of your yard waste, things like um, your grass clippings or your leaves, um, leftover pumpkins after the holidays, all of those things can be composted instead of thrown in the trash. So if they wanted to start using your service, do you just put like a, a pot on your counter or, or a container of some sort and just throw all that stuff in there and then you come by what, once a week, twice a week? How does that work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, we provide you with a five gallon bucket oh, okay. um, and it's lined with a uh, compostable bag and you can throw all of your food scraps in it. A lot of people will get um, like a kitchen countertop basket. We sell those or you can buy them on your own. Um, just something that you can collect your food scraps in and then take them out to your bucket. Um, we pick up the bucket once a week. And um, if you need um, two buckets, we can provide you with two buckets. Um, it really just depends on people's needs. Um, and then we also have a drop-off program right now um, just through the holiday season um, for things like leaves and pumpkins, um, stuff like that that's too big to put into your bucket. 
um, we're taking that at our drop-off. Okay, so say somebody <clears throat> like me, for instance, lives in Guthrie, America, not in Oklahoma City. Could I get the five-gallon bucket and bring it to you? Is that, is yes. that feasible? Yeah, we have a, we have a drop-off service as well. So yeah, um, you would be able to bring it to any of our um, drop-off locations. We have um, a number of community partners, um, one in Edmond, one in Norman, and a few in Oklahoma City. Um, so you could choose which drop-off you would like to use, and that service is just $10 a month. Oh, okay. That's cool. I like that. So oh, you talked about recycling, too. <clears throat> I know that we, sometimes we feel like things are recyclable and they're not, or I know sometimes I feel like I bring my, my things to recycle. I'm a Boulder girl at heart, so you're speaking my language with all this stuff, but um, what, like, do we know a hundred percent that we would drop things off to recyclable places? Are they really getting recycled? Or are they dumping them, you know, in some third world country? Cause we've heard, I've heard stories like that as well. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a really huge concern for a lot of people. Um, the places where that happens the most are places where, the city may have their own recycling program. Um, and really the problem is the single stream recycling system is really not an efficient system. It's very expensive to sort all of these different types of recyclables, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so in a lot of other countries, people are given six bins instead of one recycling bin and people sort each of their commodities mm -hmm. and they're picked up separately. Mm -hmm. um, this makes the sorting process much easier and makes it a lot cheaper. Um, but in the United States, most of us um, want easy, convenient, and um, that means throwing all of our recyclables in together and then someone else can sort it out, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in that sorting process is when a lot of times there's contamination in the load and if there's food waste and things like that um, mixed in with the recyclables, sometimes it can ruin the recyclables or some of it ends up getting thrown out. If there's a bag that's half trash and half recyclables, they're likely just going to throw it out because it's not worth the time mm -hmm. in order to sort it all out. Mm, that's unfortunate. So what, how do you guys do your recycling? What makes it, uh, you know, like you come pick it up? Is it all mixed up together? Do you want people to separate it? How do you guys do yours? So um, we have chosen to work with Batliner uh, Recycling. They're a local recycling company. Um, and we chose them because they only recycle. Um, many of the larger recyclers are recyclers, but they also own landfills. So mm -hmm. they kind of make money either way. Mm -hmm. So we chose Batliner because they have a financial incentive to recycle as much as possible um, because they're going to have to pay a landfill in order to take any trash. So mm -hmm. they're more likely to actually recycle everything possible. Mm -hmm. um, we have started collecting glass separately. Um, Glass is uh, infinitely recyclable. You can recycle glass over and over and over again. Um, whereas plastics, you can only recycle sometimes. Um, and sometimes a lot of the glass can be wasted or end up thrown out in the recycling process. Um, it's also really heavy. Um, our 
um, haulers, we have to pay recycling centers based on weight. And since glass is very heavy, it increases our costs a lot. So by collecting it separately, um, we're actually now working with a glass manufacturer out of Okmogee, Oklahoma. So we've kind of cut out the middleman of the sorting center and by collecting glass and sending it directly to them, um, we're reducing our costs and ensuring that everyone's glass is definitely being recycled. Uh, I'm so thankful to hear you say that you do glass because rarely people do glass anymore. And you just don't want to just throw that in the trash can because you know where that's going to end up. So I'm glad that you guys do that. So tell us about, you were talking to me earlier about the zero waste event service. And I know that you said that Plenty Mercantile uses you all for this. Um, Tell us about that. Yeah, um, so for a zero waste event, um, we do anything from a small birthday party to the largest event that we do is the Festival of the Arts downtown. So we provide uh, recycling bins and compost bins with signs. Um, That way people who are attending the event know where to put things. Um, We can also provide the service of emptying the bins as they get full throughout the event. Um, Events can opt in or out of that part if they already have someone who's doing that, they can have them do it. Um, But we're also happy to provide that. Um, And then we take all of the compost and recycling Uh, away at the end and take it to be processed. So it makes it a lot easier for people who are hosting events to not have to have the headache of trying to figure out how to make that happen. Um, Since we've already been doing it, we know how to, you know, instruct people and we know what type of signs and what type of bins and we'll just come do it for you. You don't have to worry about it. And it'll help people to make reducing waste at their event easier. Wow, I love that. And that's got to be a big uh, endeavor for the Festival of the Arts. So clearly, if you can do that large of event, you know, the smaller ones are probably pretty simple. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of our most challenging ones. Um, and um, they were really grateful for their green team that they have there. Um, and they worked with the um, food vendors. And in order to make this possible for compost, we had to require that all of the food vendors use compostable plates, compostable forks, compostable cups. Um, And that way people don't have to think about, okay, I scrape my food here and then I throw this here. It gets too confusing and it ends up all just getting mixed together. So by making it all compostable, um, that made it possible to compost. And then we also collected the recycling. Right. So what do you do with all of your compost? Do you give it out to gardens, uh, to people? How do you do that end of it? Yeah, so um, we actually um, partner with uh, Minic Materials. They're a commercial composting facility here in Oklahoma City. Um, So we take our commercial compost to them. Um, We're hoping to um, purchase our own Um, space so that we can start composting ourselves uh, on a commercial scale. Um, But for right now, that's what we are needing to do until we can purchase some space of our own. Yeah. So Courtney, tell me about how you define community and what does that look like for fertile ground? Yeah. um, So I I would define community as really anyone who you are interacting with or affecting. Um, I think we tend to think of community as the people who are 
directly around us or that we interact with all the time. Um, but I also see community as anyone who um, is affected by our work or the things that we say. Um, so that can be locally or now with the internet, it can be worldwide. Um, really anyone who you're impacting or interacting with in any way. Okay. That definitely broadens the scope, right? And uh, that's one of the benefits of COVID is that, you know, there's no, Zoom calls are completely acceptable. And so we can connect with people all over the place. So that's great. So what are the ways that your business invests in the community that you serve? Um, so I think we invest in the communities because we strive to serve and protect our social and our natural environment mm -hmm. through offering environmentally beneficial services and worker-owned jobs. So by sharing profit with our workers, that is helping to empower our communities and uplift um, people together and create equal opportunity for people who may not otherwise have been given opportunities. And we also invest by making it easier for people to do their part. Um, we provide services so that it makes it possible and more accessible for people to be able to reduce waste in their home and to be able to do things that protect our planet, which is good for all of us. We have a healthy planet, we have healthy people. Absolutely, absolutely. And I really, I love the concept of the worker owned because like we talked about before, just providing that opportunity for someone who may never have had a chance to have that. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. That's a life changer, you know, and that's, definitely something that motivates them to get up in the morning and instead of feeling like oh my gosh I just have to go work this dredge of a job that they're like no I'm, I'm an owner in this I'm making a difference and like you said it has a worldwide impact when we're taking care of our planet so I, I think that's very important yeah definitely so tell us how if somebody wanted to sign up for your service what does that look like where do they go um, so if someone wants to sign up, you would go to our website to learn more about our services. Um, our website is www.fertilegroundok.coop. And you can also give us a call. Uh, our number is 405-633-0264. And like you said in the beginning, if you give us a call, I'll likely be the one talking to you. <laughs> And I'm always happy to answer questions yeah. um, and help support and also help sign up for services if you're interested. Great. So if somebody is in the Oklahoma City area and they want you to come pick up their recycling and their compost weekly, what's a ballpark range? What's that going to cost them? Sure. Yeah. Um, so the price can vary a bit based on location, um, but in general for a home, your compost would be $25 a month and then recycling would be $30 a month for bi-weekly or $55 a month for weekly. Okay. And what if somebody wanted to bring all their stuff to you? Um, if they wanted to bring their stuff to us, um, 
it depends on their quantity, um, but if they just wanted the regular like five gallon bucket drop off for compost, um, that would be $10 a month. And then um, if you wanna bring your glass to us at our drop off center, um, that is 100% free. And we're open for glass drop off every Wednesday and every Saturday. And another thing that we offer is commercial compost and recycling. So if you own a restaurant or a bar or really any type of business, we also collect food waste from restaurants and collect recycling for businesses. Uh, that's a great service, especially like you said, for restaurants. Um, I'd love to help connect you guys to some people that, I don't know, you probably already connected because you know everybody, but I'd love to just get more people on board with that because like you said, restaurants and grocery stores have just a ton of waste and we don't need more methane out in our environment at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, about 30% of our waste is compostable. So if we oh, can goodness. Yeah. keep that out of the landfill, that would be so much better for all of us. Absolutely, absolutely. So Courtney, give us your 30 second shout out, your motivational statement, call to action. What do you wanna leave people with today? <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, I would like to leave people with a reminder that we we often think about recycling and composting, but there's the saying reduce, reuse, recycle. And it's important to think about those things in that order. So we need to reduce the amount of things that we're consuming that create waste. We need to reuse everything that's possible um, from the things that we purchase. Um, get as much use out of it as possible, and then recycle or compost the things that we can't. Um, so I feel like our society tends to be very consumerist minded, so it's good to really be mindful about all the things we're consuming and how much waste we're creating, try to mitigate that. Um, it's also important to remember that I think a lot of us can sometimes get overwhelmed thinking about all of all of the things that we should be doing to protect our planet and how do I compost and oh is it okay if I have the lid on my jar when I recycle it like it's easy to get caught up in the details and feel overwhelmed and just give up and not want to do anything so be gentle and kind with yourself and just do little things every little thing adds up so maybe start with one thing maybe start with just composting or just recycling. And then once you get used to that, it starts to become just a part of life. And then as you continue to do it, you can continue adding more and more things. And eventually it'll just be a part of how you live your life and you won't have to worry about it so much. So just be kind with yourself and be kind with others, um, especially people who are newer to these things. Um, it is good to be kind and gentle with others as well. Um, and remembering that we all have, it's going to take all of us working together in order to create the healthy planet that we want to see. And it's really important to make sure that we're not leaving anyone behind in that process of creating the healthy planet that we all want to live in. That's great. I love the be kind. <laughs> <laughs> Especially today in 2020, we need, we need to be kind and be kind to yourself. Sometimes it's harder to be kind to yourself than it is to everybody else. So give yeah. yourself some grace today and go recycle something small and go from there. Go from there. 
just put a bowl on your counter and start putting all your banana peels and everything in that and you'll feel better about yourself that's great yeah, yes and your trash won't smell as bad that's right that's right. especially if you're recycling I remember recycling um and I didn't have very much trash once I started recycling but I would end up taking it out just because it would smell not because it was full but once I started recycling and and composting um then I I virtually have hardly any trash now which is really nice it makes a difference that's good that's uh -huh. that reduce we love that that's awesome well, Courtney, thank you for taking the time to tell us about Fertile Ground today. We appreciate what you're doing and the impact that you are having in Oklahoma City. That's making a big difference. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity for me um, to be able to share what we're doing. Um, a lot of times we get busy doing all the work and don't often get a chance to talk about it and share with the community. So I really appreciate you opening this up for us. Absolutely. We love to share stories of good and you definitely are doing good. So thank you for doing that. And listeners, thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. Again, I'm Tracy with Made Possible By and we help community-minded businesses uh, give to their communities because like I said, we love to make good loud. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and hear more and more stories of good. But get out there today, just like Courtney said, and be kind to somebody and create your own good today. Thanks so much. So also once the compost is finished, then we will use some of the compost overs, which is the bigger, chunkier stuff in the um, compost. Whenever you compost, you put it through a sifting process and the bigger chunks um, are called the overs. And so we take those parts of the compost and we put them into compost filter stocks, which are used for erosion control in construction. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, so it's something that um, isn't, widely used around here yet, but a lot of places um, use it now as an alternative to silt fence. Um, so silt fence is kind of that low plastic fencing that you'll see around construction sites to help keep the soil from eroding into the street. And that ends up being a lot of plastic in the landfill. Um, it also, especially with Oklahoma's heavy rain, it will fail a lot of the time and the water will still go through and then they have to replace it. Um, it's very costly to replace it and very time consuming. Um, so compost filter socks are easier to use and um, they are better for the environment. Um, so that's one of the things we do with it. Um, another thing that we're working on developing right now is a uh, living soil that's used for uh, growing a high, quality crops. So for people who are doing commercial farming um, or people who are marijuana growers, um, they need a really high quality soil um, that can be used multiple times um, without having to replace the soil or um, put in a lot of inputs every time you have a grow cycle. Um, so we're working on creating a blend like that that we can sell to Oklahomans as well. Okay, that's cool. So how big is your compost pile? Um, our compost pile, um, man, the compost out at Minick is probably, I mean, they have 
fields of compost, like oh huge piles um, in what's called windrows. And they are um, taller than me and probably a mile long. There's, oh, wow. there's a lot, a lot of soil. So yeah, they do it in rows and pile it up. Um, and then it's, you know, it's very scientific. They like put in a, they take the, its temperature and make sure it's reaching certain temperatures and has a balance of nitrogen and oxygen and all these things. Um, so um, yeah, it is an interesting process to watch. And it's amazing to see piles like that and realize like how much waste is really out there. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's kind of mind blowing. That's Wow, goodness. Okay. Yeah, but it's beautiful to see it being turned into something that's useful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for listening in to another episode of the Made Possible By podcast. Made Possible By helps make community giving easy. The businesses we serve love to give back to their communities with their time, product, and cash. It's rewarding, but not easy. So let us help you continue to do good in your community.